Hello once again ladies and gentlemen, it's a Baggies broadcast, it's season 3. Joe, can you guess what episode we're on? 38. 18. 18. 18. Oh, 38, I wonder why I said 38. I thought I saw the word, the number 38 somewhere, I thought I was being clever there, I thought I'd outfoxed you, but then I didn't think it through at all. No, uh, my name's Luke Hatfield, uh, that was Joe Massey you were just listening to. Joe, how are you? More, is that 18 episodes with me, or is that 18 episodes for the season? No, for the season. Season season. Does it really feel like 38 episodes, Joe? No, no, that's why it was a ridiculous answer. (laughs) Never mind. How how are you, mate? How are you? It's, um... All right. I mean, we're outside of the, of the transfer window now. Are you are you feeling refreshed? Are you feeling like a weight has been lifted? I am feeling like a weight has been lifted. If I'm honest, I'm not feeling refreshed. I'm feeling absolutely bloody exhausted. Um, transfer window and Luton plus two kids is killing me. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yes, I'm very very pleased it is over. Um, a very I think it was a successful window by and large. Um, very pleased it was done. It was mental. It was absolutely mental. I'm sure we're going to get into that, but Domingos Quina, Chris Brandt, Nathan Ferguson, uh, Lee Peltier, I mean, it all went right to right to the wire. Mm. Then we thought we were done, and Albion announced Chris Willock's gone back to Portugal. Oh, 20 seconds later, we find out he hasn't gone back to Portugal. He's actually rocked up in Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was absolutely mental, wasn't it? But, yeah, I am actually glad the window's over, but, yeah. A couple of nights sleep and I'll be refreshed. Did you enjoy the ride at least? Yeah, I did actually. It was a real slog. It was a real slog. Um, I quite enjoyed my 10.30s, I've got to be honest. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well, well, I put out a tweet like midway through the month saying, oh, these 10.30 tweets are absolutely fire. And then all of a sudden it became like a thing. It became Every, a- everyone was waiting at 10.30 for your tweet. And I can't remember who did it now, unfortunately. I should have looked. But whoever tweeted me a picture of me with a clock at 10.30, I did absolutely <laughs> love that. I did absolutely love that. It was a funny time, sat on my laptop every night, like, like, it's 10.27? It's 10.27? Actually, the stories were actually on the website a little bit before. Oh, sneaky. Sneaky. They were about break. 10.25 because... Our website takes so long, doesn't it, to upload our the stories? Web, our website, I mean, this, this shouldn't come out of the mouth of a digital sports journalist of a website, but our website at times is god-awful. It's god-awful, isn't it? It takes you a You press while, publish yeah. on the story and 15 minutes later it's still not on the website. So I sort of cheekily put them, I set them earlier so they would be on there mm. for 10.30. So remember that, people, in in the next window. You can actually find out before I tweet them. Um <laughs> But yeah, I don't, sat- don't remember that. We all love a fire and massy tweet at 10.30. So I was just sat there writing out my little tweets at 10.27, copying and pasting the link in, and then literally counting down the seconds. Um, that was fun. This is what makes me laugh about you. We are perfectly capable of scheduling tweets. We, many of us use a thing called TweetDeck. Uh, it's kind of run by Twitter, but not quite. Uh, basically it allows you to schedule a tweet but Joe Massey Joe Massey does not conform to those standards Joe Massey goes back to Twitter and he, he, he loads the link on and does it he is when you see a 10.30 Massey tweet he has literally typed it out <laughs> and sent it at that moment we mentioned this on the podcast last podcast didn't we that I'm like don't yeah don't use TweetDeck I really should I just I'm, I'm honestly so not savvy with technology at all like at all I don't know anything about I'm I'm like Age-wise, I'm 34, but technology-wise, I'm so old. Like, I'm so out of date. I'm literally one of those people already is looking back going, well, that, that didn't happen in my day. Like, it was just, I'm just so old, mate. Do you still I'm use so- a, a rotary telephone? No, I don't use a rotary telephone. We, we have, no. Nah. jokes about this off air. Yeah, yeah. We no. We have got an old-fashioned phone, though, in our house. Like, it looks old, but isn't. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, vintage. 
do you know what I saw the other day? I saw like a viral video. It was a, I say the other day, this was months ago. A video of a child, uh, and they had like an old phone, like one which is wall mounted. Yeah. Um, and they said to the child, like after the phone call, all right, hang up the phone. And she looked at it, looked at the parent, <laughs> and did not know how to hang it up. You didn't right, know that you had right. to put it back on the thing. It's mental, that is. Mental. Yeah, we got one you have to put back on. Yeah. I don't even have a home phone anymore. Do you not know? Because my wife bought it years and years and years and years ago. She likes all that vintage stuff. Anyway, that's, moving on. That's nice. <laughs> um, uh, a good weekend. Um, what do you want to talk about first, Joe? I mean, we've got so much to talk about today. Well, this is going to be a, like a monster poddy, I think. Because I'm not really under any time constraints for once. I've only got one more story no to write. That story is an injury update on Grady Dean Garner and Kieran Gibbs, which Ooh. people are absolutely desperate for. Oh, salivating, I can, I can they sense are desperate it already. For that. I could even do it at 10.30 tonight, but I'm not <gasps> oh, going to. Go on, no, go on, do, do one more 10.30. Uh, but yeah, so people have asked that question, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to wait till the morning for the answer. Um, Should we go on a bit longer as well, because I've got some bad news. What's that? I'm not going to be here for like another two weeks. I know, you're weeks. ditching me, aren't you? I'm ditching you. Yeah. I'm off on my holly bobs. Going to be great though, Thailand. Oh yeah, I'm escaping the the, the dank and dreary February weather to go to escaping uh, the glamorous world of Wolverhampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To uh, to go, I'm going to Bangkok, Koh Samui, Koh Tao. Um, we are paying you way too much money over my birthday as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. How old are you going to be? Uh, I'm going to be 30 years of age. 30 the years big, of age. The big three zero. Oh. Um, all I'm asking for my birthday is anything but the coronavirus. Yeah. Don't fancy that. No, don't want that. <laughs> um, 30 years is a nice passage to make that ch- that change from Villa to Albion complete and you can just enjoy the rest of your days wearing navy blue and white or or yellow and green, which you looked beautiful in. How did West Bromwich uh, basketball team get on at the weekend? We didn't do well, mate. Did you not? No, we lost. Ah, uh, did you? Shame. We lost by 20. Or 20 uh, did or so. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least your football team came through for you, though. I top so scored. All good. I top did you top score? score? Yeah, yeah, I top scored. With? 28 points. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any three-pointers in there? Yeah, three. Oh! Three. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty adept in the three-point line, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a decent shooter. One day I'm going to come watch her. Shall we get the Albion masses down? Just for <laughs> one game. <laughs> See, how many people would be interested to watch me play a game? It'd be so grim. Oh, I'd be so nervous going into that game. I'm not normally nervous. I'm normally quite confident going to play basketball. What colours do you wear? We wear green and white. Green and white? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a fusion of both Albion shirts. The green of the away and the white of the home. Please. You must feel really at home in that. Oh, you're such a I mean, git, you are, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but what do you want to talk about first? So, yeah, it's probably going to be a long one. What should we talk about? You you're the, you're the, you're the, you're supposed to, this is, this is your job, is to plan these podcasts. You tell me what we're talking about first. <laughs> True. It's the one job you have to do. My one job. Let's talk about loot and let's get it out of the way. Okay. Um, like it's a bad thing, let's get it out of the way. For God's sake. They only won 1-2-0. One, 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 uh, back to winning ways. Good yeah. to see. Good to see, yeah, good to see. So I've put in my comment piece online today. I always do a comment piece on the game for Monday. And I feel like it was... The Luton game, in many ways, was like the start, the end of it, the start of a new era. I called it like, well, what I said was, when Albion fans look back on this season, we want to be able to look back on three different stages, basically. Mm. We want to be able to look back at the first 22 games and go, wow, amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. We want to look back on the next nine games, really, because they weren't great at Blues, if we're being honest. Like, it was... Got away with they it. They got away with it a bit that day. And go, do you know what? That nine games was when we had a blip. Every team has them. 
Most well, vast majority of teams haven't been a long championship season. That was our blip. That's phase two. Phase three is when they basically go out and do whatever they have to do. They get the job done. That's what they have to do mm. in phase three. They've not got to be as good as phase one. They've basically got to be as good as Brentford and Nottingham Forest, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the job. That's the task at hand. Just be as good as they are with a little cushion as well um, to do it. So it, it was a sort of start of phase three in the sense that it was transfer window closed obviously 24 hours earlier or what? not even 24 hours earlier. The additions were in, in Grzycki, Paltier, Robinson. The players that were staying had stayed. Mm. Brunt, Ferguson, the mystery man who we said today there was a bid for, but we don't know who that was. Mm. Um, so it was, again, it was a new phase in that segment as well. And it, and it, and it was so important because it was Luton. Yeah. And with the greatest respect to Luton, if you want to... If you need to end a winless run, if you need to get back to winning ways, you're going to pick a team in the championship to play. You're going to play Luton. They have lost more games than anyone else. Yeah. I have to be honest. I thought they were. I thought they were poor. To me, they look like a side who next season will have a good go and be competing for a playoff spot, maybe at the top of League One. Sorry, but to me, I think you. I don't, they're not. They're not great, are they? They're not. No, they're they not won't. a great championship side. It's as simple as that. So there was enough quality in there for me. I mean, there was no player in that lineup who I thought there was. There was times when Luar Luar was causing problems, but on the whole, I was like, mm, I wouldn't have any of these. No. Oh no, you wouldn't. No. So I think Albion had to end the run. It was the first day, first game since the transfer window closed, and it was Luton. Those three factors meant it was a must-win game, really. Yeah. Salman Bilic on Friday, he described it as a must-win game. Um, and they went out and did it. Like I thought it was very, very convincing and very, very comfortable. I saw some comments that they didn't play too well on Twitter. Mm. But to be honest, I just thought it was very professional. I don't think Luton really, really laid a glove on them. They had one chance that Dara Rocher blocked it, yeah. um, blocked really well. There was a sort of a moment where Shami Ajay perhaps could have given away a penalty. Maybe. But it was not, It was a bit... Would have been a bit soft, but mind you, I've seen them given. And then there was another moment they did get a shot, and I can't remember who it was, where it was in, Pen, in Penza, Pelle Ruddock and Penza, the shot. Mm. But the truth is, Albion dominated the ball. They created more chances. They scored a couple of goals. It was, it, it was only ever... The performance was only ever worthy of an Albion win. Yeah. Um, so yeah I thought it was just a, a good day really steady day back to winning ways and it's a platform to build on isn't it mm. it's just a real real platform to build on um, and a confidence boost ahead of what is going to be ahead of the running we're in the running now I don't care what anyone says yeah. 16 games to go is the running um, and Albin just got to get over the line nice to get a clean sheet at home as well for once yeah nice to get a clean sheet at home uh, do you know what I'm just I am just basically saying my uh analysis piece there and player ratings but the clean sheet I mean like Sam Johnson didn't have a shot on target to deal with so you mean he could have had a deck chair out he could have had a deck chair out which says how dominant Albion were really um, the two players who really really impressed me in terms of defensively were Jake Livermore and Carl Bartley mm. I wrote for my player ratings but I had to take it out because it didn't really fit the box and it didn't sound very well so it sounded very good but Carl Bartley looked like a windmill at times. He was like, his arms were going absolutely mad. He mm. was so desperate to encourage his team. He, Carl Bartley was so desperate for that win and so desperate for that clean sheet um, on Saturday. That was really, really, that really, his whole like, attitude on the field really impressed me. Um, he's a smashing bloke, Carl Bartley. I, like, I'm really, really like warming to him. I think he's like absolutely fantastic like character to have in that dressing room. 
Um, he was. I thought he was really good on Saturday. Jake Livermore was just wow. Oh, he was unbelievable, wasn't he? Absolutely unbelievable. It's just determination to press from the front. He was flinging himself in front of like challenges. He was so much energy, so much hunger. There's times now where I do like it stems back from earlier in the season where I gave Livermore a lower rating than one of my player ratings than I should have. I do like to just watch him now for five minutes. I just try and spend five minutes just following him around. He's always talking, he's always giving guidance. He's just he must be an absolute joy to play with. Yeah. Um, Gives so much license for other players to go forward as well. So much license. Um, I mean, really, he's a real, real candidate for Player of the Year in my book. I mean, look, it's probably going to go to Pereira if, if the next 16 games go as we think they will and he'll shine as we expect him to. But Livermore's been magnificent. He's a proper captain. If you had to name top three, no, top five. Top five? Five. I think, I think Alvin have been good enough to warrant a top five players. For the, of the season in as it order. stands after 30 games if the season ended after 30 games and they'd won the league yeah top 5 so it'd obviously be Livermore it'd obviously be Pereira it'd have to be Dean Garner just because we've seen how badly they missed him missed him when he's not been there um, I think Furlong's in with a shout you know Furlong Furlong's a good player he can't even get in the team mate I genuinely think every time I've seen him he's been good yeah, no, no, I really like him. I think he's really unlucky. Really, really, really unlucky not to be featuring at the minute. Um, really unlucky. He's never, ever let Albion down, but he's definitely not mm. in top five. Robson Carney. HRK would make it for me. Because I love the bloke. Ajayi? Ajayi or Bartley? I think you'd have to go Bartley, personally. Um, Maybe. It needs. I mean, that's a, that's a, you're throwing that question there. That needs a lot of thought. Yeah, it does need thought. What I will do though is I was thinking at the end of the season. I mean, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but I might do player ratings for the season Ooh, if they go up. How are that, you going to do that? Are you going to aggregate all your scores, or are you just going you know, to give them a, a just a? Oh, I could aggregate them, couldn't I? Yeah, it'd save you a job. That you could literally go through every single one. That's all, a good idea. All of them, add them up, divide them by the amount. Divide them by the amount again, and then you give them like you get a detailed one then, like a. That's a good idea. I'm just an idea machine. Oh, mate, you are. I'll do that. Let's do that then. I like it. There you go. Saved your job there. You don't have yeah. to. You have to. You don't have to think. Oh, should I give him a nine and eight? It's already done for you. Well, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Am I going to get any credit for it? No one. Just giving you the credit for the idea. You can help me. We'll do it together. What? Am I going to get the calculator out? Yeah. You're just going to read out numbers too. Joint byline. Joint byline. I'll yeah. take that. I'll take that. Oh, oh, the Albion Masses would love that if they saw that in the paper by Joe Massey and Luke Capfield. There you go. We've got a good question coming later about um, some of these face swap things. There'd be oh, replies right. to that. There'd be replies to that. Um, Callum Robinson saw him. Very good, I thought. If, yeah. that, if, that, if, if those are signs to go off, I tell you what, he could have a massive impact second half of the season. Yeah. Or through the running. I think that was as, as debuts go. He couldn't have done much more, really, could he? Could have scored. Uh, I could mean, have he, scored. He, he went, basically got an assist. He went damn close. Yeah, he did get an assist. You got to give him an assist for that first goal. Yeah. Um, I think like the general consensus after the game was speaking to people and what most impressed them about Callum Robinson was his, Robinson was his decision making on the ball. It felt like he always made the right call at the right time, whether it was to pass, whether it was to shoot, whether it was to carry the ball, whatever. His decision-making, his intelligence on the ball was really, really, really impressive. Um, 
I've said it. I have said it. I have written it. But to me, he is the closest thing we've had since Dean Garner has been out. To me, it just mm. looked like we had the ball. Look, Dean Garner's so special in my mind yeah. that if Dean Garner's fit, in my mind, you play them both. But mm. Dean Garner obviously comes straight back in. But the quality that Dean Garner, that level of player, that quality of player, it was back yeah. in Robinson. Um, that's the only way, and that's a huge compliment, really. Um, I just think the whole team looked so much better for having him there. Mm. Um, and I think he is going to be an absolute joy to watch along with Pereira. You know what I think? I think you give Callum Robinson a go up top. I think that's a question later on, isn't it? Someone's yeah. asked that question. And I think that is the big... That is We could answer it now. I think that's the big question heading into Millwall is... Obviously, Grzycki's available. Yeah. Pereira's obviously going to play for Kravinovic. I've seen some people say Kravinovic doesn't deserve to be dropped, but... There's just no way he's done well, but I mean Pereira's a, never, class, a yeah. step above. He's never exactly he's, just, he's never done any, anything near enough to warrant being in ahead of Pereira, and he's not a wide player, mm. so he's going to come back in. Is Grzycki going to go straight? Matt Phillips for me was outstanding on Saturday. Best performance from Matt Phillips for an absolute long time. He's done enough. Matt Phillips did enough on Saturday to keep his place next weekend, mm. which I would have had him out the team if I'm honest. Yeah, but he did enough to keep his place. So. And Charlie Austin was quiet, very, yeah. very quiet. I thought Albion were better once how Robson Carno came on. Mm. So Desi go Robinson up top, Grzycki on the left, Phillips on the right, Pereira in the ten. I mean, look, that's a hell of a front four. Yeah, it's just how effective is Robinson in that striker role? The truth is, we don't know until we see him there. Yeah, because Billet just said himself, he sees him at his most effective coming in off the left. Um. So yeah, that's that's the debate to be had now. Oh, I'd just love to see fully fit Albion Robbo Robbo up top on the left Grzycki Pereira and Diangana on the right that, is, that would be absolute filth that would be filth yeah. the championship is not ready for that <laughs> they would yeah don't that I can sense centre backs like just the, a tingle's gone up pretty much every centre back spine right now having just uttered them words yeah That'd be terrifying. Like you're you're a centre back and you see that and you're like, oh Christ, do do we double can we double up on anyone? Even if it was just I like Grizzicky as a player, and there's no doubt he's a real shrewd addition, but if Robinson's best position is on the left, mm. I'm I'm massively excited by Robinson on the left, Pereira's the ten, Dean Garner on the right, HRK up top. That would be like four footballers there who are so intelligent on the ball mm. that very few teams I mean but the bottom line is well, I'm sure we're going to get onto the window but they've done very well in the window yeah they have done very very well in the window not perfect window I'm sure we'll get onto that we'll mm. get onto that in the window section but they have done very very well yeah and lastly on Luton um, you said it's a confidence boost the fans were confident speaking to them after the game is there a sense of oh it's all sorted when in theory it is only bottom of the table, Luton, who are dreadful away from home. So, there, it's definitely not a case of it's all sorted. And there's that, the reason for that is twofold. One, because it was bottom of the table, Luton, who, with the greatest respect, are the worst team in the division. The second reason is, from kind of what I've heard, 
There was a little bit of, oh, we've got it back after West Ham. Mm. I think they thought they'd sort of cracked it again and they were rediscovering their best form. Um, And obviously that went Pete Tong very quickly (laughs) with the the performance at Cardiff, which we were talking, we were talking, um, we were waiting for Billich at Cardiff. And it was me... Rob Gurney, Joe Chat, Rob Gurney from BBC WM, Joe Chapman from Birmingham Live, and I think you can make a case that that, but that Cardiff defeat was the worst defeat in that run. The worst point of the season so far. Worst result of the season, worst result and worst performance of the season so far. And as much as I've said with the greatest respect to Luton, they're the worst team in the division. That's because Cardiff were dreadful, mm. like rubbish. Cardiff were rubbish mm. we've got a Cardiff fan in the office who I've said that to his face and I don't think he's he, he's not too pleased about it but basically all they've got is a long throw yeah um, they are not a good football team I really like their manager really like him Neil Harris but that was a bad result Cardiff a bad bad result against a bad team mm. um, so I don't think there'll be any complacency now because I think there was not complete. There just was a bit of a spark to them after West Ham. I think they thought we're on our way here, and Cardiff was a very, very one. If West Ham was one step forward, Cardiff was three steps back. Um, so I think that's jolted them a little bit. Mm. Uh, shall we get on to transfers? Yeah, let's do it. Um, segment is called Baggies Buys and Baggies Buy Buys. Although there's no buy buys to talk about in the end, really. Only a couple. Wait, one. One? On deadline day? One departure? Is that right? We'll look. Yeah. Yeah. Just the one. Um, let's talk about the buys first, though. Um, Camille Grzycki. Yeah. I think a fabulous piece of business for the price that's been mooted. For the price that's been mooted, yeah, a fabulous piece of business. I think at, the thing with Grzycki is... Um, you did the story, I was on paternity leave, and you did a story taking Luke Dowling quotes from the programme, mm. saying, um, basically, they want they want solid championship players to get them out of the division, don't they? Yeah. The, the, the brief from Albion this window was, let's get ourselves over the line. Let's get ourselves to the Premier League. They didn't want to be gambling on players that they thought might be good enough in the Prem. It was just a case of getting very good championship players. So, if that is the brief, which it was... To get someone like Grzycki, who is in the top four assists, mm. definitely in the top, definitely in the top six. I can't remember what it, but in the top. In terms of goal, goal involvement, he's right up there. He's right up there in the in the top players in the division. Mm. So to get him for eight hundred k with add-ons, if we get to the Premier League, is a vet. I mean, it's a steal. It's an absolute snip. Um, so you can completely understand why they've done that deal, and they. They needed those forward players. They needed to put pressure on Matt Phillips. They needed covering there with Dean Garner injured. Like Kyle Edwards, I just think he needs to go on loan to a championship club for 18 months maybe. Mm. Um, so they needed those forward players. So to get someone, a top, top championship winger is really good. Mm. To get him for 800k is even better. Yeah. So great deal. Yeah, not the youngest in the world. Um, and I think the reason that Albion have managed to steal such a march in terms of the price is because A, his age um, but also the fact that his contract's running down but Hull I think had an option but they didn't want to pay the wages that he was on 
and it's kind of a matter of Hull don't really look like making the playoffs anymore so I think some of the players maybe want it out um, and it makes just makes sense all round doesn't it well yeah so if it, he was on 27 grand a week at Hull mm. so you imagine he's on a little bit more Albion but probably not I think we could probably, maybe just a little bit more 30 whatever yeah but yeah, they obviously got the 800k for him. They're obviously not paying him 27k a week anymore. So I think immediately they're getting like 1.5 million for him, aren't they? Yeah. Um, on top of that, yeah, they got they could keep him next year, but again, they don't want to be paying that 27 grand a week. He's going to be 32 in the summer. It's not. He's not. They're not going to have many takers in terms of cash bids for him. Mm. So you can understand why they took the money in the end. Um, I wonder if they would have. If they'd known Bowen was going to leave, yeah. Um, obviously, there's been a hell of a lot of interest in Bowen. This isn't a whole podcast, but mm. I do wonder if it was always touch and go whether Bowen would go. Yeah, and I wondered if, but I think once Albion were interested in Grzycki, he very much wanted to come to the Hawthorns. It was a weird one, Bowen, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there was a lot of, as you said, a lot of interest. Palace, um, obviously. What we know interested. about Bowen is. That he's basically earning in excess of fifty grand a week, yeah. and he is costs like sixteen million pounds, something rising to whatever. So there's, there's no way Albion no way that no way no way. And especially if you wanted if, if Premier League interest comes in, if a club's already in the Premier League, although you could argue West Ham are they going to be there next season at the moment? It's not not nailed on, especially after their result over the weekend. Not nailed on. It's looking unlikely, I'd say. Have you seen their running as well now? Oh, no, I haven't looked, no. Up until April, I think they've got like four or five of the top six. Have they? Absolutely brutal. They are in massive trouble. London Stadium in the Championship next season. Christ almighty. Um, another one that came in, Callum Robinson. We've talked about him a little bit. Um, I'm amazed they got him in, you know. I was surprised Sheffield United were willing to let him go. It's interesting because all the things we've heard are that Chef he is very much on loan with the view of going back to Sheffield United. Mm. Um, it seems like he doesn't quite fit their system at the minute. We know they've got that like three five two um, system that Chris Wilder really likes. Mm. But yeah, it very much feels like he has got a future there. I think they even tweeted um, Sheffield United. He tweeted. I don't know. If, I don't know how it came about, but he tweeted about his debut or whatever, and Sheffield United retweeted or something saying, "See you in the summer. Mm. Great to see you making an impact. See you in the summer." Um, so yeah, he he obviously wants to be playing. He's featured 19 times for Sheffield United this season. A lot of them off the bench. He needs games. He's 25 years old. He doesn't want to be sat on the bench mm. missing basically a whole year of football. So he's coming. Yeah, cracking signing. Interesting. Albion wanted him in the summer. Yeah. Um, and didn't get him, but. Yeah, I mean, cracking, cracking bit of business again. Strange one that, as you said, like Sheffield United kind of expecting back. If Albion were to go up, and I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, if they were to go up and Robinson was to score 10 goals, there'd be a bit of a clamour from fans to say, get this guy signed up. Yeah. Do you reckon Sheffield United would be tempted? Or would they see it as those performances are promising enough to bring him back? It's going to take a, a shed load of cash. Difficult to know, isn't it? You'd imagine they. I think if it, at the end of the day they have let him out on loan in the first place. So if Albion stamp up enough cash, I'm sure they could get him. But yeah, it's a long way off that. Mm, yeah. and we know as, as it stands today, we know that he's got a future at Sheffield United. Mm, promising though. Um, Lee Peltier. Uh, what's this one about? Is this this is strange because we're going to get on to Nathan Ferguson shortly. 
it, to me, it kind of felt like this this lad was brought in to kind of replace him. Yeah. And now probably still will. Yeah, but Ferguson's still about. <laughs> yeah, just. Um, what do you make of it? Do you think it's a good addition? I think it's a good addition. Um, I'm thinking. Look, he's not a glamour name, and he's getting on, and yeah, it's just not. It's not. It's just not a headline grabbing signing by any stretch of the imagination, but. Fans know their football, and Cardiff fans have gutted to see him go. Mm. Um, really, really disappointed to see him go, which is the polar opposite to what they were saying when Kenneth Sahor joined Albion from Cardiff. So, he, the truth is, he's it's that Luke Dowling comment again. Mm. At that, we didn't quite realise at the time just how much of a glimpse he was giving us into the rest of the window. Um, but he's he's battle hardened. He's experienced. He's a championship player who will help you get over the line, and that is why Albion have brought him in. Short term deal to the end of the season. He's who knows what the pecking order is at right back. So I haven't got a clue yeah. anymore. I don't know if he's first choice, second choice, or third choice. I don't know where Furlong stands. I don't know where O'Shea stands. I think I know where Ferguson stands, but we'll get onto that. Mm. Um, yeah. So God no. But look, you need bodies. You need. You need strength and depth. And he, I really, really, really think he will provide strength and depth. Mm. I don't know an awful lot about him, I've got to be honest. Um, it's one of them we'll learn about him as we see him play. But again, I think it's a really good addition. Yeah. And the good thing, I think, from the outside looking in, Albion aren't spending stupid amounts of money here. I mean, Grzycki, 800 grand with add-ons if they go up. Very cheap. Callum Robinson on loan. May have paid a loan fee. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, I'm sure they have paid a loan uh, fee, yeah. but it won't be a, it won't be too much. Peltier, I mean, dirt cheap as well. I mean, we've all spent stupidly in our lives, and Albion have shown some real kind of control in not doing that because they could have quite easily gone and spunked however much money, saying let's get Dwight Gale through the door, let's get so and so through the door. And then if things go wrong, they're left uh, down a, a creek without a paddle. Yeah, I think a lot of it was is about balance and stuff. I think like the one thing I hear about, I could talk about this all day. I'm going off on a tangent now. Do it. Um, so from what I hear, Billich very, very much sees himself at Albion for the long haul. Mm. So his money now is his money in the summer. Do you see what I mean? It's yeah. not like he doesn't have to spend now and worry about the summer later in terms of like he needs to keep his job now. It's not, he's not, he's in a very comfortable position. So he's, from what I've been told is he would have signed any player in any position this window mm. if he felt it was part of his puzzle. He just wants to constantly, constantly add pieces to the puzzle. He needed forward players this month. Yeah. He did need those players. That was that was his January fix, if you like. But he won he will happily add in any area. That's why I think he was keen on Conor Gallagher. Um and, and other players. I just think so that's 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 the general message really. I think Billups would rather keep money now. Because they have got money to spend. I think people a lot of people don't quite believe that, but they have got money to spend. Yeah. Um and I think he'd rather keep that money now. He wants value. He wants value for money, shall I say? So if mm. he doesn't feel he can get it this window, he'd rather keep that in his pocket and spend it in the summer. Um, but with the overall aim of always doing enough 
to get them over, getting enough in his squad, which he believes he can get them to the Premier League. I think they've done that. I think Albion's squad now is good enough to go up. I think yeah. they should go up. I th- certainly with their front line. I really, 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 really think they should go up. If I said to you now, say player ratings again. Mm. If I could guarantee, say that an average of player ratings in the next 16 games, yeah? If I said to you now, I guarantee you an average of player ratings, Sam Johnson's going to get an 8, Carl Bartley's going to get an 8, Jay Livermore's going to get an 8, Mateus Pereira's going to get an 8, mm. and Matt Phillips is going to get an 8. If you average, if I get, just forget the rest. If I told you all of those players are going to average 8 now for the rest of the season, Albion should go up. You'd imagine so. They should go up, shouldn't they? Unless players elsewhere are getting twos and ones. But yeah, but they're not going to, are they? No, it's not going to happen. There isn't. There, the quality is there in the squad to go up now. Mm. So they just got to do it. Get out there and do it. Crack on. Crack on with it. Talking about Albion not making stupid purchases. Random question: What's the most stupid purchase you've ever made? Because I've made some stinkers. Have you? When I, I was know. in uh, when I was in uni, first year of uni. Get my student loan through my bank account. Oh, yeah, you sit there, you look at your bank, and you're like, oh, I've got four grand. Of course, you don't think this got to last you a whole term or a whole, you know, half a year or whatever. I, I went out, bought a new TV. Fair enough, you know, for my halls. I needed a TV. Yeah. Bought an Xbox. Okay, you know, maybe questionable, Luke, but you need something to do in your off time. Bought a bloody lava lamp. A Who lava buys a lava lamp? lamp? Yeah, that's ridiculous. They were, a, they were a big thing at one time. Yeah, yeah, in like the 80s. Yeah, they had a resurgence, didn't they? About when we were going to uni. I remember in 2009. People did them, yeah. I did 2009, I thought, oh, this will be great. I'll stick it up in my, my room in halls. People come back and go, oh, a lava lamp. No one commented on it, no. ever. Um, I'm just going to get back to the football if that's all right. I'm, I'm sorry you've oh, gone down a little mem- memory lane thing there. I can't remember oh. what my. But just on the money thing. Yeah. I had a little bit, not a spat because I didn't get involved, but. Alan Nixon from The Sun, who I think is very, very good at his job, by the way. Yeah. Um, I did a story, so did John Percy in The Telegraph, saying, for example, it was going to cost you £20 million to get Dwight Gale. That, and that, that story was right. Just to get Dwight Gale, basically, you could have a loan. You didn't have to pay a loan fee. Yeah. But you had to pay his 50, 60 grand a week wages. I can't remember what they are. And if you go up, you had to pay £20 million. Pounds. I mm. think they lowered that to £15 million pounds on the... On the deadline. Yeah. Not because I think Nottingham Forest made a tentative inquiry. But those fees are ridiculous. And when I say Billich wants to add pieces of the puzzle, I'm sure he would have liked Dwight Gale, but not at that price. Alan nah. Nixon kept saying it was 8 million. That's why I brought Alan Nixon in. It was 8 mm. million to get Gale. It wasn't. If it was, if it was 8 million, someone would have bought him. Yeah. Um, Bowen. They'd have loved to have Bowen, but not at that price. No. They wouldn't. So. I think that's why the big transfer, do you know what I mean? The big money transfer didn't happen because the players they wanted, mm. whether Albion were naive to go after them, you could make that case maybe, but the players they wanted were so overpriced. Well, not overpriced, but were so expensive. Well, Gale's overpriced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Bowen, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, they were just so expensive that they didn't, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't right to do them. It's always the case in January as well, isn't it? Because you're midway through the season, teams really, it's not very often a team is willing to let go of a player in January because they're either having an impact or the players they do want to get rid of aren't featuring, so it's unlikely they're going to command that kind of fee anyway. It's a mental win though, it's ridiculous. I'll try and think of my worst purchase as well, I didn't mean to cheat you down there. It's alright mate, don't worry. Um, Anyone else, if you come up with a worst purchase, then feel free. Um, Players they missed out on, so we've kind of covered Jared Bowen a little bit. Mr. Orsic. 
What happened there? Because he was linked all window long. So Orsic was a real, real strange one. In a sense that... I asked Bilic about him at a presser. And I know Bilic doesn't like talking about names. Individual players that aren't at his club. Mm. So I said, basically that... I know you don't like talking about individuals, but there's been an awful lot of talk about... Fans getting really excited about Mislav Orsic. What can you say on him? And Bilic said... I don't want to talk about players at other clubs. Pause for a second and then completely wax lyrical about him. We're interested yeah. in him. We really like him. Blah, 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 blah. He's a really good player. He plays for Croatia. He scored goals in the Champions League. And you were just like, wow. There's no way in a million years Bilic would have spoke like that. Mm. If I thought it was... i got to be honest. We walked out. All the media guys walked out and we were like, well, he's signing then. Yeah. Because there's no way in a million years we thought Bilic would speak like that um, about a player that wasn't his. If he wasn't joining. Yeah. So since then, we obviously have tried to look into what has happened. Now, the club line is sort of that actually, Orsic was always very, very high on the list of targets. Yeah. But not the number one target. Not not top of the list. The other lines we've heard are, we've heard, I can't remember from his agent or manager, I can't remember who it was, that there have been two bids for him. Mm. But they've never been willing to say if those bids were from Albion. Yeah. And the manager, is either the, man- either the manager or the agent said there's been two bids but wouldn't say if it was from Albion. And even the manager or the agent, the other one, said there have been no bids. Mm. So we are a little bit at a loss as to what has happened. Um, we don't really know. The one thing that makes me think he wasn't at the top of the... I can't work out if he was at the top of the list or not as a God's honest truth. I don't think Bilic would have talked about him as he did if he wasn't really at the top of the list. Mm. But I think he was well within their price range. And it was what Bilic said about gambles. And yeah. he talked about... He was saying when you bring a player in from abroad, there is so much they've got to get used to. And he said it's things he don't... Like, obviously, it's your teammates and mm. living in a foreign country and... Um, a new league and stuff, and st- but he said it's it's like the referees. Yeah, he said you don't know how referees like referees different. Re- they, they're different in different countries, um, and then he gave some other examples as well. I can't remember what they were, but they were like really really minor things, but they do add up. Mm. And he was a preseason like he was like so like, and and obviously they're in a break in Croatia. Aren't where's he playing now? Yeah, Croatia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Zagreb isn't it? Zagreb. Yeah. Um, they were in the middle of a break, so he hasn't played for a while, or such. And you just wondered, all they Albion need to get up. Mm. They need to get over the line. And you just wonder if because of that, they thought, we like Orsic, do we spend seven million or whatever it would have been to get him? Yeah. But we don't know if he's going to hit the championship running, or do we keep the money and get Grzycki in for basically pennies... Mm. And no, pretty much you can guarantee he's gonna be able to make an impact. Yeah, and I think that's why it ultimately didn't go through. I think, but I don't know. Interesting. And Dwight Gale would kind of cover as well. Yeah, Gale was just ridiculous, massive, massively overpriced. So let's for let's a player talk- who could break his leg. So well, not even break his leg for a player who's incredibly injury prone. Imagine if Dwight Gale signs for Albion for that deal. Imagine Albion agreed to it. Yeah. And then, you know what Dwight Gale's like? He can pick up an injury left, right and centre. Yeah. 
you could play all of 17 minutes for Albion. And yeah, at the end yeah. of it, they have to pay 20 million for him because they got to the Premier League. Forget just that. absolutely no way in a million years they're ever doing that deal. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, let's talk about the potential... Well, the, the bye-byes, which didn't quite say bye-bye. <laughs> oh, God, this is um, a podcast, mate. We could it, just put two poddies out. I mean, we could, we're could. we already at 40 minutes here and we've still not got to questions. And we haven't um, even got, we're only just getting to Ferguson. Uh, Ferguson and Chrissy Brunt. Oh, God. I'm Don't forget about Chrissy Brunt. Um, I mean, when, when the news about, let's start with Brunt and then we'll talk about Ferguson at length because Brunt, I think, is a bit more simple. Um, at the time, everyone was kind of shocked to see him linked away but there were murmurs and obviously he's not been playing a lot but he's a part of the furniture at the Hawthorns um, it would have been a surprise to see him go but at the same time you can understand it yeah so the Brunt the best I think the best thing to, the way to start the Brunt thing is to say this which is he really really wants one more year as a footballer is my understanding yeah he wants to play for this season and next season then he'll retire um, look Oh my God, everyone knows what a legend he is. Just putting the legend thing aside for one minute because we all know what a legend he is and how loved he is. And I mean, There's a bloody flag at the Hawthorns for a kick-off with his face on it. I've said, we said it on, I said it on the video, I said it on the video, but on Transfer Deadline Day, anyone, all anyone cares about is additions. It's mm. on, on Twitter, all I get is who are we signing, who are we signing, any news on incomings. You, you put out a sign and then people say, who's signing next? Like, there's yeah. just, everyone wants to know about additions. For that... Chris Brunt changed the mood. Mm. As soon as it was revealed Chris Brunt could leave, everyone was just like, no, 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 I just want Chris Brunt to stay. And for him to be able to do that do, on deadline he, day... I mean, played next to no... I think he hasn't, he hasn't started a league game this season. Mm. So for him to be able to change the mood, like that says every, he's just a legend. Um, but the, my understanding is he wants to play for one more year. It, the Brunt family are... Settled in the Midlands, they th- this is this is their home. This is where they they will live forever, basically. Yeah. Um, he will. He's not going to get a new deal at the end of the season at Albion. It's highly unlikely he's going to get a mm. new deal. So, and he, he's a family man. He doesn't want to be. He does. He's not going to sign for a team miles away. He's going. Yeah. He is going to stay in the Midlands with his family. So for him to have the option of a club. In the Midlands, essentially, Stoke's not a million miles away. Yeah, that he could get an eighteen-month deal at, be able to play for one more year. Because if he doesn't get a deal like that in the summer, he will retire. He's mm. just going to have to retire. But Stoke effectively has given him an option to extend his career by another year. Yeah, and I think that's obviously why he was interested in it. Obviously, the Michael O'Neill factor, who managed him for Northern Ireland, um, is very. It's going to be a very, very sad day when Chris Brunt leaves Albion. I think mm. it's very, very sad that this move actually fell through for him. Like, I think he he deserves it. I get, I completely sort of, like, tweets, he doesn't, you don't want him to leave on deadline day. No. At 11 o'clock. You want to be able to give him a massive send-off. Um, I totally get that. You really, really do. Um, I just kind of hope he does get the Stoke move in the summer. Yeah. Um, if they were, they're not going to go up, are they, Stoke? They're miles off it. Oh, if, if there's only one way to get in that division and it's, and it's down well in theory uh, they could do like a Villa last season on a massive run but it would take a lot nah it's not going to happen uh, there's so much disharmony there um, so yeah I really hope it comes off for him in the summer but yeah my understanding is that basically they were trying to get rid of Bruno Martins Indy mm. and they couldn't they couldn't offload him so they needed to free up his wage to bring in Brunt 
couldn't. I think they must have thought they could offload him at the last minute because the Brun deal was very, very, very close to being done. Yeah. Um, and then they they had to pull out of it. Um, and that meant that Albion pulled out of the Greener deal. Domingos Greener, yeah, who was all ready to basically all ready to join, and that. That's how it works on deadline day. These, the, all these things are stacked up and they mm. go a long, long way. There'll be someone before Bruno Martins in there. I'm sure there'll be someone who was trying to get Bruno Martins in the end. Yeah. And they were trying to get him in and they had a player... Do you know what I mean? They were moving on a player on if they got him in and it's just amazing. And Watford, what, I mean, Watford could have been looking at someone in midfield as well. And Watford, yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, it's amazing how it works. Um, but yeah, that's... Billich basically confirmed that, yeah, that um, Kina would have come in if Brent had gone. Mm. And now this is a big one, Nathan Ferguson. Um, crikey, it's going to be awkward for him to rocking up to training today, isn't it? Yeah, today's the day, isn't it? That he's got, a, he's got. A, um, yeah, I, Ferguson. I mean, there's so much to say. There is so much to say. I'll start with what I always say about Ferguson, and what I tweeted was, he is a lovely lad. Mm. Like, I've interviewed him a couple of times. He was the first Albion player I ever interviewed. Well, in this job, I when I was filling in for Wilson, I didn't yeah, see, but yeah. like since being Albion reporter, um, genuinely lovely boy. Like he was so nice to deal with, um, but 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 he. This is a sh- absolute shambles of a situation mm. where a hell of a lot of blame. From what I understand, a lot of the blame has to go on his agent. Yeah, his. From what we understand is he's got an agent that wants him to move, wants him out of Albion. They want the payday. They want the signing on fee. The agent wants his fee. Like it's just they want they want him out. Of, they want him out. Now, as much as I really like Nathan Ferguson as a person, I do. Um, I do think he has to stand up more here. I do think mm-hmm. he has to be a little bit stronger. The truth is, football is a is a horrible world at times and. Similar to what happened with Louis Barry, what we understand is basically the age, like families get involved here. Yeah, money's offered to the parents, and mm. I'm not criticising Nathan Ferguson's parents at all. But I'm just saying that this is how dark the web goes. It's mm. not just what we will offer you, the player and his agent to sign on. It's what we'll offer your family. We'll give you X amount of money, and it's very, very hard for someone 19 years old, Nathan Ferguson, to turn that down. So let's say. I mean, we're talking completely hypothetically, but if his family have been offered 200k for yeah. him to sign, and he knows that'll buy his mum a house, yeah, it's going to be very, very hard for this. All these things come into it. It's very, very murky. Football transfers do get very, very, very murky. Um, but it's but they have really, really tried to get him out. Ferguson's representatives have really tried to get him out. The contract that's on the table that Albion have been offered, he. They've tried to hold meetings with Ferguson's representatives and they just haven't... They've just refused. Mm. They've even not answered the phone or they've just said no. So it's not... Albion haven't even been able to get them around the table to negotiate. Yeah. Um, I've said before, Ferguson is missing out on an absolute shed load of cash. Mm. Let's say... We don't know what he earns. We don't. But let's say he earns a grand a week and Albion are offering him 15 grand a week to stay. Yeah. And that was three months ago, every single week, Nathan Ferguson is missing out on 14 grand. Yeah. Every single week. Money that I can't even comprehend. Money that he won't be able to comprehend. He's a 19-year-old that's always been on an under-23 wage. You know, like, he's not rich. He's yeah. not a rich footballer. Like, so the things he must have been told, 
the promises that must have been made to him by his agent that you will get basically you will get that money back you will get that money back in a signing on fee I mean I've heard that the players have been saying to Nathan Ferguson you are mental you are mental mm. you are missing out on all this money sign the deal um, but he hasn't he hasn't done it um, then we find out that Basically, Albion agreed to sell him to Palace with the op- and they said they'd want him back mm. on loan for the rest of the season. It turns out that the representatives completely refused that. Palace were open to it, which surprised me because I think they've needed a right back since they sold Juan Bissaka. Yeah. But they were actually open to it. But the representatives, that didn't, that didn't get anywhere. That was dismissed out of hand. Um, and then lo and behold, what happens? He goes and essentially fails his medical. I mean, it's not as, it's not as um, brutal as failing it completely, but... His move's been scuppered because of the medical. Yeah, and Palace, I mean, noise has come out of Palace suggests that he's got a knee injury, which he's going to need an operation, and he's going to rule him out for the rest of the season. Um, but he played against Cardiff? Played against played against Cardiff. But, yeah, he played against Cardiff. That That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Medicals are different at every club. Each club does their own medical. It's yeah. tailored to them. So Palace's medical staff have found... <coughs> This issue, they think it requires surgery. Albion's medical staff don't think it requires surgery. Very, very, very luckily for Albion, mm. they seem to think it requires him being out for six to eight weeks. Yeah. Now, what I will say is, we asked, we asked Billich about Ferguson on. So, I'm rambling again, but when a Friday press conference happens, the written's go first. So. Paper, newspaper journalists ask questions first then he goes into another room mm. and he does radio interviews when he was asked in the writtens about Nathan Ferguson Billich did this <laughs> clapped his hands wiping his hands basically off yeah. him he's like so he goes, don't want to talk about it anymore it's done it, at that time they very much thought he said I want to talk about players who want to play for this football club and slapped his hands like that mm. and that was the end of it he thought the deal would get done and now in the radio interview just like this podcast he did the exact same thing again. Yeah. Literally, doesn't, and he was like, I don't want to talk about Nathan Ferguson. He gave an answer about Ferguson and then said, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Yeah. I just want to talk about players that want to play for this football club. Now, he said, he was asked about Ferguson on Saturday. He said he'll do his best to integrate him in the squad. Said he admires his a bit capabilities as a player. Um, blah, blah, blah. Says he's, but I can't see Nathan Ferguson playing for Albion again. Mm. Um, I think the way, it sounds ridiculous, but the way he clapped his hands, it was just. It's like that bridge. That bridge has been. It feels like that bridge has been burnt, and I. I think Billich, Billich. I think Billich is hurt. If I'm being honest. Yeah. I think Billich. Everyone at Albion knows, and Nathan Ferguson knows that. Billich is a mate. Has made his career. Really. Billich has made him. Billich has made him this season. Look, there's a very good chance if anyone else other than Slavon Billich should come in. Nathan Ferguson would have gone out on loan this season, probably League One, League Two. Mm. And that's where he'd be right now. I'm sure he'd be doing very, very well. Um, but that loan move would have probably only get him a new improved deal at Albion. Mm. And then maybe you get a chance next season. Maybe you go out on loan to a, a, a club higher up the pyramid. It's only because of Bilic um, that he's got that chance. And Bilic, I, I mean, the reason why I like him so much is because I, I genuinely, genuinely believe he's, a, he's like unique. Mm. Like He's loyal. He's fiercely, fiercely loyal. Like when he was at West Ham... Everton came in for him. I mean, just the story about when he was playing for Croatia. The reason, I mean, he shortened his career yeah, to, yeah. to play for Croatia. 
Oh, he's so passionate about Croatia. He's so passionate about the national mm. team. So passionate about international football. But when he was at West Ham, Everton came in for him and he turned them, he initially turned them down. It must have been like a January or whatever. And he said, no, I owe West Ham. I need to stay for West Ham. Mm. And he stayed and then got the move to Everton later on in the summer. And that's the type of person Bilic is. And he's not getting that from Ferguson. And Ferguson owes Bilic more, way more than Bilic owed West Ham. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just... I don't know. Look, if who knows what's going to happen... It's all down to Nathan Ferguson. He might have gone into training today and said, you know what, I've been a complete idiot. I'm really, really, really sorry. Um, I'm sorry for everything. Please give me another chance. Um, I'll prove to you I want to do everything to get Albion into the Premier League. And everyone might be, uh, that might be enough and Bilic might give him another go and in six to eight weeks there might be an injury at right back or wherever and he might get another go. You never know. Um is there any way that he signs as a deal? I mean, is a deal even on the on the table anymore? I suppose is a question. Well, we're gonna we'll have to, I'm gonna have to ask that question. Mm. Some, is the deal still on the table? That's that's I mean that's a huge question, isn't it? Because I've Albion I've Albion been stung so bad where they're like, well, you know what? Six months, just do one, mate. Just and the thing is, he he's missed out. On, I know I keep harping on about the money, but he's missed out on all that money. He's going to miss out on it again because he's not got a move yeah. in the second half of the season. Um, everyone now who know, who's interested in signing Nathan Ferguson knows he's got a problem with his knee. Mm. What a mess. What a mess. What an absolute mess. <laughs> and you can't help but feel like... I feel bad for him. I, a part of me does feel bad for him because he is 19. And I feel like he's... I, I mean, I don't know what's gone on. I don't know what his agent said. But it feels to me like he's been a little bit misguided. Uh, the, the noises coming from Albion ever since like he kind of broke through was, it's a very good offer. We feel like this is a place for him. He's been there since he was eight years old. We feel like this is a place for him to develop. You know, he, it might even be a case. He signs a deal and still goes in the summer. Do you know what I mean? Someone might come in with big money for him. Mm. I just feel like he's been a little bit misguided. The perfect... You don't, I just don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to know the perfect... Advice: If you were Nathan Ferguson's agent, the perfect advice. If he, if he, if there's a bit of him that wants to leave, say, yeah, the perfect advice is sign the deal. You're in the team. You're playing every week. You're developing. You've got a manager who's got so much faith in you. Mm. Get your 15 grand pay pay rise. Take that, and we'll negotiate. We'll negotiate a release clause for you. Yeah, eight to ten million pound or something. Well, like. And if you want to go in the summer, someone will pay that for you. Yeah. Um, someone will pay, and if and then you could, if you really want to go, go. But but stay at Albion, stay and play, stay and be under Slaven Bilic, learn, develop, earn loads of money. It's just mental. It's just absolutely mental. I do. There is. A, I do, like I said at the start. I do feel sorry for him, but also, he's nineteen. Like he's got. I think he should be standing up for himself a bit. I think he should mm. be seeing the reality, really. At the end of the day, the agent works for the player. It's <clears> not the other way around. And the noises coming out of it make it seem like the agent is dictating everything. That's what the noises are. The noises are, yeah. The noises we don't are, know this. We don't we know We don't know this. it, no. But the noises seem like the agent is dictating. You know, like, Nathan, we all, for, for all we know, Nathan Ferguson be going to his agent and saying, really fancy this deal at Albion. And he's going, no, no, no. Don't sign it. I can get you more money. When in the back of the agent's head, 
he's thinking, I'll get a big payday out of this, but I won't get a big payday out of the new contract. Yeah. Like, I'll get a little bit of a payday out of the new deal, probably, but I'll get a massive one if he goes and joins Palace. Oh, gotcha. So there's a little bit of a an agenda for the agent, which is it's a, it's a shame, but it's football. And um, the dude, and it's up to Ferguson as well. Like Ferguson, it's easy to blame. It's easy to blame the faceless man we don't know. Mm. I don't want, look, I, I really hope Nathan Ferguson comes back, and I don't want him to be absolutely hammered if he does come back. I don't want him to be booed and all that. It's like it's not nice, is it? Like, but I don't know. I just don't know how you can logically make the case it was right for him to move. I just don't really see it, and for that reason, I just think he should have been a little bit smarter. Mm. Um, but there we go. All right, fifty-seven minutes in. God. Quick one before the questions. Okay, we're gonna have to whittle through the questions. An hour and a half podcast. Not supposed to do it for an hour and a half. People get bored. Uh, people don't get bored, mate. Don't know. Rate the window. Let's rate the deals. I mean, you've only seen him briefly. Callum Robinson, what grade? Out of ten. Let's do a, a school grade, A plus, all the way down to F. What, and how I rate the deal? Yeah. A. Grzicki. B. Peltier. B minus. B minus, all right, okay. Overall grade? B. B. A yeah. B. All right, okay. Um, all right, questions. Christ, an hour well, long. We're going to have to whittle through these, man. We've, we've had so many questions come in as well. I think a lot of it we've like covered. Oh, my God, so many questions. <laughs> Thanks for all the questions, by the way, guys. Uh, okay, Chris WBA, do you still see us going up automatically? How much of an impact will the incomings in January and the retention of Dean Garner and Fergie, I suppose, in uh, <laughs> in brackets, have on the final push? Uh, yeah, I, I really like. I, don't, I really, really think they will go up automatically. I am, I am worried. I'm not going to lie. Like, like I've said before. Like, I, I really, really. I'm not. I'm not embarrassed to say this. When the year Wolves still got relegated, I honestly thought they were going up. Yeah. <laughs> After ten games, they were unbeaten. Yeah. Um, in the playoffs, and they were playing absolutely brilliantly, and I was like, wow. Like, there was no way in a million years I didn't think they'd be in, like, in the top half. Mm. And they went down. Like, they just completely collapsed and couldn't win a game for love nor money again. Mm. And then this year, I could not see that the performances in those nine games. Mm. When Albion was so good for 22, I did not see that that winless run come in. Neither did Billich. I don't think anyone did. No one did, did they? So, like, football does... It really, like... Throws you a curveball. It throws you a massive curveball. Things happen that you just don't foresee. But I think the additions are are really smart. Mm. Really, really smart additions. I think they they've got too much quality not to get over the line, really. But football is all about going out and doing it, mm. and they've just got to go out and do it. Um, but I do think they will do it. Honestly, my heart says they'll do it. My head says they'll do it. I do think they will. I just worry because. I've been proved wrong before. <laughs> no, lightning doesn't strike twice, mate. Ah, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, Hamza Derby, do you think one of either Sawyer's or Livermore needs rotating? It's gone a bit stale between the two of them. Judging by the performance from Livermore, I don't, I don't see Livermore dropping out of the squad. Oh no, God no. And, um, and Romain Sawyer's wasn't wasn't his best over the, over the weekend, but I still feel like he's integral. Uh, yeah, I still feel he's integral, and I've, I've said it a million times in this podcast. I really, really think a lot of it comes down to the fact there's only two of them in there. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of teams play with three central midfielders. They're often outnumbered. They have been sussed out slightly. There's no doubt about it. And Sawyer's isn't as influential as he was. Maybe his form has dipped slightly. But yeah, I think based based on the fact they're in there on their own, I think they are doing a very, very, very good job. But 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 but, but I really would like to see them go four three three or just play three in there at some point just to mm. mix it up a little bit. And I'd re- really, really like to see more Raheem Harper. Saw, yeah, saw him on the weekend, didn't we? And I think he would. He adds the balance to those. I know Barry's a very good player. Brunt's a very good player. But what we're what we're missing, I think, is a bit more energy. Mm. And I think Harper would give them that. I think there's so much balance to that midfield. Mm. Harper, Livermore, Sawyer. I'd love to see it. But obviously, Harper's barely had a kick this season, so throwing him in is unlikely. Mm. GWBA. How does transfer deadline day work on your side? Are you at the training ground or are you at ENS HQ constantly on the phone? How do things just change so suddenly in one day? I'll start this one and saying yes, Joe Massey is constantly on the phone. The amount of times he walked past me on the phone, I went to say something to him and then realised uh, he's busy. Constantly on the phone. It's ridiculous how much time he's been on the phone. Mm. We're at. I'm at. Obviously, I'm in the Express and Star office. The the day we started the day at the training ground, but that was only a coincidence mm. that Billich does his pretty much presses on a Friday and deadline day was a Friday. That was pure coincidence. Otherwise, I would not have been there. Yeah. The reason why I would not would have been there mainly, well, it's twofold really, was the first person I saw at the training ground, the first person I said hello to was Kamal Grzycki. Mm. So I literally walked in the door as Grzycki was popping to his car to get something out. So imagine if that was another player. Yeah. Albion would not want me to know that I don't know if it was someone obvious like do you know what I mean if it was yeah. Dwight Gale yeah, yeah. it would be like oh guess what I've just seen them at the training ground and, yeah. and the thing is they've all got at the training ground you, all these footballers have got private number plates it's obvious who's driving yeah, what yeah, car yeah. and um, so I don't think they'd really want me there because obviously if I see Dwight Gale there I'm going to tweet I think Albie might be signing Dwight Gale I've just seen them at the training ground yeah. the second thing is I don't really want to be there because I want to dig stuff out. Look, Albion are great with me and they they like I ring their head of communications all the time and he gives me and like we talk about the stories I'm gonna run and stuff from information I've found out and he he gives me information as well. But if I'm digging stuff out, I can't be on the, I don't really want to be at Albion while I'm ringing an agent or whoever saying yeah. is so and so signing. So yeah, it's all um it's all done from the office. Um one phone call after another it's absolutely mental. It really is. Tom Cannon asks, how do you stay calm on deadline day when people tweet you the same questions over and over again? Just get used to it. You just get used to it. Ryan Glasgow, do you enjoy breaking transfer news and seeing everyone's reaction? I, for one, love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. It is fun, isn't it? It's I do. Like, the only thing is, it gets so obviously, like going from Walsall to Albion... The response is so much bigger on Albion, mm. so much bigger. So there's so many t- like, and like I can't talk. You can't. Re- I, want, I like replying to people on Twitter. I think if they message me, you should try and message them back. Really, but I miss so many tweets. Like, oh, there's just so many. There's so many I don't even read. I don't even read. I can't. I don't even read them or just miss them. Sometimes I think a lot of them don't even pop up in my feed. People at me mm. in, but I don't even get a notification for them. You get so many. It does like this thing on your phone, doesn't it? Where it's just it almost just selects a portion. Oh, does it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's done by like engagement and stuff. So like if, if it's someone who's regularly, you're more likely to see that. 
I did not know that because there's genuinely been a lot of tweets I've missed and then some somehow they've popped I've, I don't know how I have but someone's brought them to my attention or whatever mm. and I missed them but yeah so but yeah it was mental trying to cope with it all mm. Jimmy Quickfeet uh, a couple of questions first one would you like to see Krov sign permanently in the summer do you think it's doable if we go up I think he'd thrive us he'll have more time on the ball but also asks chances of an end of season live podcast so I replied to that None, sorry, I've not got the balls. I haven't got the balls to do it live, sorry. Oh, Tim mate. Spears and Nathan Judy used to do the Wolves one live, but Spears used to get absolutely smashed. Yeah, a couple of beers down, you'd be all right. He was smashed Spears every time he went up on stage. Um, I'd consider it. I'd need to know we'd have a certain number of people. They sold like 300 tickets, didn't they, to their body? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not doing it, so that's that. Um, I think I can convince you. No, I'm not Prof- doing it, mate. Um, Krav yeah so the interesting thing with Kravinovic is that he was brilliant at West Ham yeah um, it was quite good the other day too he did seem to be better against the Premier League opposition uh, very very rarely in this day and age although I think it has happened again at Robinson that you have loan deals where there's no option to buy mm. most loan deals do have an option to buy Kravinovic hasn't got mm. one um, so I don't know if that's because he had quite a bad injury at Benfica. Really bad knee injury, yeah. Um, and before that injury, he was very influential for them. So I'm not sure if Benfica just wanted to get him out, just to get him games mm. and build him up and then get him back for themselves. Does he look suited for Premier League football? Potentially. Does he? For me, he's tailor-made for the Portuguese league, that sort of, that paced football. So I can understand why Benfica would want to keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose the answer to the question if the season ended now and he was going to cost 10 million say I wouldn't be buying him not for that kind of money I don't think so I don't know how much he'd be worth really but Mm, 5 or 6 mil I think I'd consider it 5 or 6 mil yeah Uh, Beefy Baggy 1965 any news on the Barcelona fiasco now that Barry has ended up at the villa are we still chasing the cash Barca owe us so I need to double check this because, but as far as I'm aware, Barcelona have still not paid. So I will. This a story for another day. It's been a lot going on. Deadline day and Luton and bits and bobs. Mm. But yeah, I will chase that. But as as my understanding is, I'm I'm definitely as of like a couple of days ago, they hadn't paid. Mm. Highly unlikely that's changed in like three or four days, but. No wonder Everton turned down that reported £85 million bid for Richardson because yeah. they knew they weren't going to get the they money. They weren't getting money. Um, another one from Jimmy Quickly, a decent one. Do you think the Southern Fried Chicken played a part in Albion's victory? I 100% do. That's, for me, one of the best food offerings pre-match at the Hawthorns ever. Hawthorns is just the best. I love the Hawthorns. I was saying this the other day. It's a great ground to work It's at. just a great ground. I absolutely love that. I was saying it to you. We were having this chat, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was saying it. There's no better ground for me in the championship. I just love the place. Um, and that probably... My favourite pre-match meal at the Hawthorns has been lasagna. Oh, no. This was better than the lasagna. Three uh, pieces of southern fried chicken. Barbecue three? beans. Yeah, we got, I got three pieces. I only got two. Oh, they, they like me though, mate. Yeah. Um, corn on the cob. Option of coleslaw turned it down. Me too, but I do like coleslaw. I'm not a coleslaw fan. I don't know why I turned it down. It looked, it didn't look like coleslaw as I eat it. I'm not a fan of someone just throwing vegetable in a bowl and mixing it with mayonnaise. Yeah, it's just not my thing. Chips though, 
fried. It was a great meal, that. Oh, yeah, very good. I was very pleased with that. I hope that's more, more regular. Yeah, that bit, yeah. I'd be delighted. Uh, but, yeah, I do think it played a big part in the victory. Uh, Baz Forrest um, asks if Callum uh, Robinson up front as a lone striker with Phillips Pereira and Krasicki is, is a possibility. We kind of covered that, but... This is an interesting one. What's the long-term plan for Ollie Burke, e.g. offloading his worth? Um, in terms of his worth, I think you're struggling to get very much of that £15 million you paid for him. Yeah, he will probably go down as the worst sign in Albion's history. A stupid purchase. Have you thought up any stupid purchases yet? Uh, no. Keep thinking. You're just very frugal with your money, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm dreadful, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Chris Adams. I know I've asked this before, but what about not playing a striker and having no striker with all our creative players floating around in different positions? Yeah. So Billich doesn't like false nines. We asked him about it once. Mm. He said he doesn't. He doesn't like false lines. He likes nines. That was his quote, and he said basically said something like. The best team to ever play with a false nine was Barcelona, and that's because their false nine was Lionel Messi. Yeah. Um, and he's everything. Yeah, he's just quality. You know? um, so, yeah, that's not. it's not going to happen at Albion, I don't think. But it's just not a fan. Dan Nash, do you know when Gibbs and Dean Garner are likely slash expected to return from injury? I do, and I'm not going to tell you until tomorrow morning. Oh, not even 10.30? Nah, I can't be bothered. Oh, man. Do you know how hard 10.30 was with a newborn baby? Do you know how hard that was? Sitting there... At 10.30, looking at my watch going, right, it's 20 past, in, in like seven minutes I've got to be on my laptop to tweet. Baby there. Do you know what to solve this? Tweet deck. Tweet deck, yeah. Uh, Hamish Collie, what percentage of your yearly salary would you bet on Willock scoring against us when Albion play Huddersfield? I mean, that is going to be fascinating to see how he gets on. I hope I get to see him. I really <laughs> do. I was so excited when we were at West Ham. <laughs> I saw I saw a young Albion player getting ready. I was like, "This is it." I typed out my tweet. I was ready to go. It, would, it was going to do well. And then I realised <laughs> it's Rayan Tullock. And I was, not that I was what? disappointed to see Tullock come on, but I guarantee you, if Semi Jai doesn't get sent off, Chris Willett makes it, makes it onto the pitch. <laughs> so frustrated with Semi. I don't that think day. he does, mate. Oh no! I would have loved to have seen him. So Chris Willett, can we just say, like, I think this, he is like, I hate saying this, I don't want to be like, but I think he is an example of how everything's gone a bit mental in football and how, of hype really. Mm. Because from what we understand, he was always signed as a development prospect. Yeah. He was like, they always had, he was never really signed as a first team player. He was signed, they thought the potential is there for him to be a good player one day. Um Let's bring him in, see if we can develop him. Because I was told, even like weeks ago, they were not ruling out making his move permanent. Mm. Because, but I just don't think, because he's come on loan from Benfica, people can't get that out of their heads. They're like, oh my God, we've got a Benfica loanee. An attacking player. An attacking player. He's got to play. Like he's he's got to play. And Mm. he just, I don't think he was ready. The interesting thing is he has gone to Huddersfield on loan, another championship side. So maybe he is ready after all. Maybe Danny Cowley sees something in him that certainly I don't think Slavin Bilic does. I've got to say, I've watched a couple of under 23 games. I'm not going tonight, the Villa game. Mm. Um, But when I've seen him play for under 23, he's always done well, but he's only done as well as Tullock. Mm. He's only done as well as like Jamie Saul. Um, 
he hasn't done as well as Carl Edwards when I've seen him play for the under 23s. Yeah. I can con- I can I can really see why Willock hasn't played. But it's just the hype that surrounds someone. Um Yeah. It's funny because when I got to the training ground on Friday, yeah. after we bumped into Grzycki, we bumped into Callum Robinson and Willock and oh, Willock right. was showing him round. <laughs> So he's like, this is my locker. This is, this is the yeah. locker you'll have. Yeah, that's what, obviously we didn't cut on at the time. And we were like, this is interesting. Why is Willock showing Robinson around? Like, surely, like, Willock, does, Will, like, Willock might just tell him the wrong way to go. Yeah. Because he's like, needs all the help he can to get in the team. This is the shirt which I've never worn. Yeah. These are the boots which have never seen the Hawthorns turf. That's exactly, yeah. exactly what was going on. Um, Tom WBA uh, this is interesting where would Albion this, where would this Albion finish in the Premier League at the moment I'm not going to lie to you I know they did well against West Ham and I know there is some dross in the Premier League if I was a betting man I wouldn't bet on Albion to stay up right now I think I can name four teams that are worse than Albion in the Premier League now you dare. So, Norwich. Yeah. Bournemouth. Really? West Ham. West, West Ham are shocking. And Villa. Oh, come on. <laughs> Get out of here with this comment. Um, I think... I personally think Albion need additions to stay up. As any team... As right... As, Almost any team ever should need. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they need many. Um, I think they need a couple of key positions. I'd like I'd I'd like a really good centre back. Yeah, I'd like a really good centre back. I'd I'd like another midfielder. Oh Christ, you'd have to have another midfielder. I'd like a striker who could score oh, some you'd goals. Have to have a striker, yeah. I, I just don't. I just wouldn't see this Albion side right now. Wouldn't you want one of those things at Villa? They signed a centre back. Yeah, Tyrone Mings. They didn't need a midfielder, really. I don't think because they had McGinn and Grealish. The striker they desperately needed, and I'm not entirely sure that's been solved oh, yet. They still need it, don't they? Let's be honest. Well, they might, maybe it's some matter. Right. We'll I mean, see. he scored on his Premier League debut, but we'll see how he gets on. But I just genuinely think the Albion side, this Albion side, would definitely need goals from a striker, yeah, a prolific striker. Because yeah, I, I, I don't see him staying up otherwise. They definitely, definitely need goals. You're right. Definitely need goals. Definitely need midfield, another midfielder. And, yeah, I think they need another centre-back. Not necessarily to start. Yeah, but a solid centre-back. Yeah. Um, and elsewhere, you just need a couple of other... Um, just a minor improvement on quality, I think. Yeah, that's what you're saying. But that's what we're saying they would need if they go up to, like... That would massively, massively help them. I still think they'd... They'd be competitive. I don't think they'd yeah, be... I they wouldn't they would... be Derby County. They'd certainly wouldn't be a Derby <laughs> County. Yeah. They wouldn't be Villa circa their relegation season. I think season. if they were in the league now, they'd be in with a shout of staying up still. They'd be, they would be separated from Norwich, I think. They'd be separated from They'd be in that them. pack with West yeah, Ham, with yeah. Villa, with Brighton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. But I don't think they'd be comfortable. And uh, if, I was I bet, if I was betting on them, I wouldn't... I wouldn't. It hurts me to say it because I'd want them to stay up. Because you love them. Because I'd want them to stay up, and you love them. Because I'd want them to stay up, but um, <laughs> and you love them. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you, um, but I just think they need more at the moment. I wouldn't bet on them. Um, Simon uh, asks, "What was the best and worst face swap you saw on here during the window?" 
This was oh, a highlight God, you for had, me. This was a highlight for you, but you've struggled to get it in now, haven't you? Oh, but I've got it in, though. I've got it in. How but long have we been going for? One hour 15. We're all right. One hour 15. We'll go five more minutes. Should we just... Okay, I was going to say let's just do the 130, but fine. One hour... Okay, one hour... 90 minutes is... 90 minutes it is. Um, let's see how we go. Okay. We might come to a natural end. Uh, I highlighted my, my favourite and my least favourite. My favourite was one um, which was actually... It wasn't album related... It was in regards to an album story, of course. It was a Liverpool one. What, when I'm Klopp's body? No, no, no. That was good. I did enjoy them 3D ones. Those were <laughs> something else they were. Um, you get to see one of me involved in that one, though. So, obviously, it loses points from me straight away. Yeah. Um, but the Liverpool one was me as Trent Alexander-Arnold, you as Divock Origi when they scored that corner against Barcelona. All right, I don't know if I saw that one. I really enjoyed that one. I've got pictures for you. All right. I've loaded, I've, I've, I've loaded them up. I was going to print them off. Uh, but I just didn't get around to it. So this is the first one. This was an Albion one. Uh, so that one's... Is that the one you're talking about? No, oh, no, 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 no. All right, of course not. Yeah. Um, the one I'm on about, oh, it's going to be a struggle to find it. Is it this one? Yes, this is it. So there's two pictures, me at what, me being Trent Alexander-Arnold. And I think the, the pictures are perfect. Like we're both smiling. The angle of them is brilliant. I know, but I know I know my headline is not great, but I really, really look bold there, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's my old haircut as well to be fair uh, my least favourite however uh, is this one I'm not a fan of the Titanic no one. I mean yeah you look like that's a picture which I posted on Twitter you know that 10 year challenge <laughs> that's what it is so I'm like I don't even have a beard I look what's I'm... really weird about that one is my head does look stuck on but yours doesn't like yours actually looks like I think that's why they did it because like I'm obviously like I've always had a beard ever since I've worked here but obviously Kate, oh, course, Kate no Winslet beard. yeah there's no beard Kate Winslet did never had a beard so they found a picture of me without a beard it looks so natural that to describe it because people may not have seen this you know the scene in Titanic where Leonardo DiCaprio is holding Kate Winslet at the front of the ship yeah Joe Massey I'm, I'm is, is Leonardo DiCaprio and I'm Kate Winslet. Uh, but, I mean, I was technically underage in this. <laughs> <laughs> and this is... Well, actually, I wasn't. I was 19. Uh, so, just about lucky. Lucky enough. Uh, strange picture, though. Didn't enjoy it. Well, it was still nice to see, but um, I wouldn't want to see it again. But there's some other good ones. The goat. Yeah, love that. Cradling you. Yeah, well, that, that's jo- probably my favourite. Joe Massey is Lionel Messi, and I am the goat that he's holding. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the fact that you can't really Photoshop someone's face onto a goat very well. But the Photoshop for you is actually very good. Very good, yeah, very good. Um, you know what? I might post some of these with the podcast. Have we done this one? We've done this one. Um, any more for any more? I've done that one. I'm just clicking on the same ones over and over, aren't I? It's hard to know which one. I mean, there's been so many. Yeah, there are, there have been plenty. The 3D ones were very good. That that took it to like, that was like, oh, right, that was like... This one's good. I like this one. It's another celebratory one. I think it's, is it Mateus Pereira I'm wears on, 10? No, Phillips wears 10. Oh, Matt Phillips wears 10. You're on 17. 17. Who's, Who's 17? 17? Albion fans, who is 17? Either way, he's running arms arms wide open. And uh, Joe Massey, with his hat on, is pulling a nice smile. That one, that one's a good one. Yeah, some like... good ones in there. I'll, I'll share them with the podcast or in a tweet similar to the podcast. Anyway, a um, couple more questions. I mean, we're we're running over massively. 
Massively. Uh, Sunil Patel with a couple. Is there a reason Furlong has been sidelined recently? Is it because Bilic only likes one attacking fullback? Harsh on Darnell, who offers a threat at set pieces and has been so consistent. Also, is Peltier likely to be ahead of him now, or is he more cover for centre-back? So, the Peltier thing, he's definitely right back. Um, I said earlier, I don't, know the, I don't know the order. I just don't know the order anymore. Um, but I completely agree with that post. Is that, that post completely sums it up. It is because he only wants one attacking full-back. Mm. Um, he wants that balance, hence why Ferguson was so crucial, really. Um, and yeah, he's so harsh on Furlong because he has just never, ever let Albion down. I think he's just a solid seven every week. He's just a very, very good full, very good attacking fullback. Um, he's convinced me, like, earlier on this season, I think we were talking about Premier League, whether players can make a step up. Originally, with Darnell Furlong, I was like, I'm not so sure. Now, you know what? I think he could do a job. Oh, yeah, he could definitely do a job. I think he's a little bit pigeonholed into this attacking fullback mode as well. I think he's actually pretty good at the back. He does like to bomb forward, don't get me wrong, but there's not many times where I've seen him absolutely skinned by a winger. No, but, yeah, one-on-one on, one on one he's fine defensively, but... He's positioning. Off, Positioning-wise, he's off and out of position. Is he told lead, to do that, lead. though? I think he... Uh, he is told to do that, because when he does play... You can genuinely see a shift in the team. They try mm. and play down the right-hand side more. Um, but he is very, very attacking. Yeah. Very, very attacking. And there are spaces left behind him, which I think Livermore covers well. Ajay is covered well. Um, yeah. he's very, look, I agree. It's really, really harsh he's not playing. Really, really, really harsh. Mm. I would, if it was me, if I'm honest... If Connor Townsend is at left back, I would I would shackle Townsend a bit. Mm. He's not he's not as attacking as Furlong anyway. I don't think he's as effective as Furlong going forward. His delivery is better. Townsend, when he's on it, his delivery is excellent. Mm. Um, but I think you could sh- just ask Townsend to just be a little bit more defensive minded and keep Furlong in the team. Mm. But for whatever reason, it does always seem to be Furlong that's the fall guy. Yeah. Um, I think it's just something with Bilic. I just, it's obviously something Bilic sees that we don't, I think. that There's just something there. But yeah, it's a shame. Absolute springs on the lad as well. He can jump. He's a really good player. Proper athlete. He's a really good player. Yeah, I, I really like Darnell Furlong. Really growing on me. Um, JP Genius, who do you think was the player in respect of whom Bilic outright rejected a bid for? Um, now the two suggestions that I would I would pick out Harper Hagazi or someone else. I wouldn't be surprised if someone came in for Hagazi. I I don't think it was Hagazi. Uh, might have been Hagazi because it was that late on. I think at the start of the window someone bids for Hagazi, they let mm. him go. Um, but maybe at that time, if they had no one lined up, they couldn't let him go. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're never going to... The truth is we're never going to know. Never going to know. Um, I'm trying to think how else it might be. It's really hard to know. Yeah, I can't picture, like... Or someone integral. I can't picture some of the... Like, a strike... I can't picture it being maybe Hal robson Carney or someone like that. I can't... I don't, you don't think it'd be any of the strikers, to no. be honest. I don't think it'd be Matt Phillips. Bar- it's not going to be Bartley or Ajay is a bit, a bit soon for Ajay, isn't it? But someone might have been impressed by him. Yeah, the thing is, a giant is quick. Mm. 
And, and if he plays like he did in the first half of the season, he might have suitors in the Premier League. He's a Premier League centre-back for me. If Albion go up, I, I, I think he starts a centre-back. A try, yeah. Maybe it was a try. Don't know. Mm. Last one. Last We're finishing one. up. Okay. Um, second to last one. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw one more. Mark asked, was the Remain pie any good? We've got to touch on this in the podcast. Got to talk about this is that. why I've gone from one question to two, because yeah. I saw this one right at the end. Unbelievable scenes when I'm filming post-match. I go out, I'm around my ordinary uh, area of the Hawthorns, trying to speak to some lovely Albion fans. Ah, so that's quite, you're normally there regularly, that's so they would have known. Yeah, they, they'll always spot me there. I'm right in the corner, um, right across the road uh. from Sandwell Academy. I'm always there. Because people tend to congregate in that corner as well. So it's easy for me. And it's right by the entrance to the media section. Um, I get approached from someone I've never seen before. But does follow me on Twitter and I now follow him. Ronnie, with a load of numbers on the end of his Twitter feed. I, I'm sorry, I can't reveal. I can't remember. It's like reciting pie or something. Yeah, there's like eight numbers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not- madness. But he comes over to me. He says, Luke, really enjoy the podcast. How's Joe? All right. Yeah, good, good, good. This is for you. Hands me a full pie. But nothing for me. Nothing for you, no. Unbelievable. He knows I'm a child of the pies. He knows you wouldn't eat the pie. He does now, wouldn't he? So he doesn't think it's... He likes... Joe Massey does like sweets. Haribos. So if anyone wants to give Joe Massey anything, <laughs> you can approach me after a game. I'm not asking... I'm not expecting anything, of course. I'm buzzing for you, though, that I he did that. I couldn't believe it. I was just taken aback. And I, I asked him, do you want to ch- like, stop and have a chat? And he's like, no, no, no. Doesn't, doesn't even want the fame. Mental. I think it's so good that he likes you and the podcast so much. He went and bought you a pie. The thought that goes into that. I think that's so lovely. To bring it to the game, keep it in your pocket, watch the entire game, look after it. And, and a vote remain. Approach. That was my favourite bit on it. Yeah, vote remain. Yeah. Uh, picture of remain Sawyers on the bottom. Yeah, of the brilliant. Pie. Brilliant. Uh, absolutely legendary. Love that, Ronnie. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you for listening. Top work, mate. And thank um, you for giving Luke a pie. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Full pork pie, really good. Eating it all now. You've ate it already, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I had a couple of people approach me saying, Are you really going to eat it? Are you really going to eat it? Do you even know who's given that to you? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy called Ronnie. And they're like, yeah, but you don't know him. Yeah, but our listeners are ace. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to like line my pies with like laxatives or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> no. But no, absolutely lovely. Um Appreciate it. Last question. Promise you last question. Jacob Cleveley. Which Albion player would you love to get on the podcast if you could and why? That is a good question. Um, I'd love oh. to, I, You know what? I'd love to pick, pick Gareth Barry's brains. Oh. Got a, a nice long career. He's done a lot. He's won stuff. He's allegedly nicked a taxi. <laughs> He's a class player and he used to play for Villa. That is literally every box ticked for me. Feely's Albin in the summer, should we try? Oh, he'd be brilliant. Imagine getting Gareth Barry in here. Oh, I'd love it. That'd be amazing. Should we do that? I'll leave that one to you. You leave that one to me. And if if you, you pick another player. <laughs> Look how excited you are. Oh, You're I'm so honestly, excited. I wish I, people could see his face. Oh, it'd be so good. It would be so, uh, so good. Can you imagine that podcast? Uh, Gareth Barry reveals all about Barcelona. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be amazing. You'd have to write a story from the podcast. You'd have to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'd, they can't. You're right. That's I, I, That Barry is the best one, actually. 
for a career longevity and to talk about Albion and to talk about other things as well. I bet he's got some wicked England stories. Oh, yeah. Um, he strikes me as someone who's like calmed down as well. Like in his younger years, I reckon he got up to some stuff. <laughs> There'd be some like Paul Gas- Gascoigne stories. Dracon. Esque. There wouldn't be quite to the level of Gaza, but. The one player I really want to have a sit down with, and I'm going to ask one day, is my man, HRK. HRK is an interesting character, isn't it? Um, I'm hoping to do that soon. Just sit down with him and just talk to him about this season, really. Like, why is he. Why is he so good? Like, what, why is he fun? How? how? Why are you so so good at football? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because I, I, I don't know a lot about him before this season. Like, I mean, I, a lot of fans, when I was, before I covered Albion, would sort of roll their eyes at how Robson can't do it. It was like... He's undergone a renaissance under under your tutelage as, as Albion correspondent. Yeah, I've, only, I've said it before, I've only ever seen them as a world beer. And I want to sit down with him and know why that is. I want to know why he's so been so good this year. I just think he's such a damn good footballer. He's such mm-hmm. a good footballer. Um, yeah, and then obviously, the obvious one is old Pereira, isn't it? Oh, Pereira would be great. How good... Do you reckon his English is good enough to, well, learning, to sit, sit down for an hour and chat? He said the club interviewed him right at the start of the season um, uh, for the programme. Mm. And he had a translator with him, but he didn't... Uh, he genuinely thought he was doing the interview in English. He was going to sit there and do the interview in English. And they yeah. were like, oh, no, it's fine. You can have a translator. And he was like, oh, right, okay, I'll have a translator then. But I was ready. So that was quite a while ago now. Mm. So... You'd imagine his English has come on. He seems quite an interesting guy, Pereira. Uh, like Pereira. I think a lot of his story has been told mm. in that interview, actually, that the club did. Um, but, yeah, would be uh, that would be fascinating, wouldn't it? Bronte would be good as well. Oh, yeah. He's just been there forever. He could tell so many stories. Yeah, Bronte, yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd be... Let's, let's try for Baz. Let's, let's get Gareth Barry. Then if we get Gareth Barry, will you wear your Villa scarf, Villa Albion scarf for it? That would be perfect. I'll, I'll wear my old Aston Villa Gareth Barry number six on the back. With the Villa Albion scarf around your shoulders. That's meant to I'll, be. I'll give it to Gareth Barry. He's played for both clubs. I wonder if oh. Gareth Barry would want it. If we offered it to him, would it end up in a charity shop the next day? <laughs> <laughs> would it? It would, wouldn't it? No. Gareth, Gareth wouldn't do that to us. Uh, that does us then. That does How us long have we actually gone on for? One hour, 30 minutes and 38 seconds. Oh, really? Wrap it up before 1 minute 31. All right, okay, let's do it. One hour 31. That does it from us then. Uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in for this extended version of the Baggies broadcast. I'm gone for two weeks. I don't know how Joe Massey's going to cope without me. Um, I'm not going to. But Massey will be there on Sunday. Oh, well, tough game. Tough game. We can't go into it. We don't no. have time. Uh, so from me from Massey a fond farewell for now goodbye